still alive. Oh yeah, that's that. What's up? It is the Cover Band Central Wisdom Hour, number 118 for December 15th, 2020. I'm Steve Witchell in New Orleans. Tony B. Coming to you from New Jersey. Clock and spiel and all. Right? Buenos noches. Is it a xylophone or is it a glock and spiel? Which one is it, man? I think it's a glock and spiel. All right. Smaller version of the xylophone. Oh, it's a smaller version. That's the difference? It's smaller? Yes. All right. These are important things to know. And higher register. That's why, we call, that's why we call it the Wisdom Hour. You learn something every day, every episode. You do. <coughs> and what With you've the learned. Spiel. What you've learned. Yes. Spiel is the smaller uh, xylophone. All right. Let's see. Okay. Join us live. Let me see if I say. And get free stuff. Merch. I was going to say stuff, but I'm going to say free wisdom. Wisdom and see if that gets anybody here. Wisdom being given away free. for free in the spirit of the holiday season of giving. Yes. You're giving away some wisdom. But I, just, I spelled it right. I spelled wisdom, W-I-S-D-O-M, instead of the W-I-Z-D-U-M-B, which is how we yes. spell really how we dish it out. Spell the show. That's how we dish it out. That's how we, uh, <clears throat> that's how we lay it out, out on the floor, on the table, wherever you lay things out. On the floor. Uh, floor plan. All right. Let's see what's going on here. Let's see what's going on here. Who's up for some wisdom? Yep. I, I sure am. I could use some. What you got for me, Tony? Right, all right, all right. You got anything smart? You do every morning. And uh, I forget what this morning's was, but. Well, this morning, Steve, is about keeping water out of the vessel because the vessel can't sink unless the water gets in. Right. I like that one. So, therefore, you cannot let your surrounding environment get inside you and drag you down, weigh you down. I like that one a lot. Um, Is that one that you came up with or was that borrowed from someone else? No, that's found amongst the many sources of wisdom that I peruse on occasion. Because you never give credit, you never like put it in no. quotes and put who the nope. quote was from. You just nope. You, I you, just put them out this way. Everyone's guessing where it came from. It could be one of mine. It could be somebody else's. No, no one really knows. It could be plagiarism. You know, it could be if you were doing but it for it money. But it, but it but it can't be if it's if I'm not claiming it to be my own. Right. I'm simply sharing it. Right, and you're not doing it for money for for personal monetary gain. So correct. You're just doing it to spread joy and peace and smarts. Inspiration and wisdom, Steve. That's right. I like it. Especially now during the season, you know, I'm pumped. I'm, I'm psyched for Christmas. Are you? I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm going back and forth a little bit, as I kind of usually do during this time of year. And, uh, you know, I've only really had one day, which was yesterday, where I was feeling like, um, but I still kind of. You know, I watched a Christmas movie, which kind of put me in better spirits, and 
uh, and listen to some music and uh, watch some football. So it wasn't that bad. But it's tough, man, because, you know, I lost my mom two years ago. And she was, uh, she was, uh, you know, my closest family. And uh, lost her on the 19th of December two years ago. So, so you know, but I still feel her spirit. And uh, it's all good. I've been listening to a lot of music. A lot of Christmas music, which I kind of do every year around this time. Just, uh, I do love it. I do love Christmas music. The classics and some of the newer stuff, too. Enjoy it. I picked Still, it. my favorite is the sax solo from Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, original version. All right. Is that the, uh, what's her face? <laughs> yeah. Brenda Lee. Brenda Lee, yeah. <laughs> good old, I'll never forget good old what's her face. Yeah, what's her face. Brenda Lee. I don't know who the sax player was, but it's a, it's a great... Very musical, well-placed. You know, the notes are very well-placed. It's an excellent solo. All right. How about the sax solo in um, Merry Christmas Baby, Bruce Springsteen by Clarence Clemens? The live version. That's pretty good. Yes, different. You know, different, stylistically different. Yeah. But he was a, it, it was like a lead instrument in that song. And oh, just yeah. carrying that, that, that melody going on. Clarence, good old Clarence Clemens, we miss him. Bruce was on a on a Saturday Night Live this past weekend. Did you happen to see it? I did not. Hmm. I did. Did I ever tell you my Bruce Saturday Night Live jacket story? Yeah. Nobody wants to hear it again. <laughs> no, I was just. I wasn't. Going, I'm I was just kidding. Again, believe me. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. I don't remember your story. You probably told me. I don't remember it though. Um. You can tell. Do you want to tell it? No, I did not see. I did not see Bruce. Okay. Do you want to tell your story? I can. We got can, plenty of time. I can tell you a, a brief version of it. Okay. So we used to play this club uh, in Westwood Classics Cafe. This guy, Maddie, owned it. Maddie Delia. Oh, Maddie Delia is. Uh, I don't know who he is. He's, he's Maddie Delia, and he had a brother, Tony Delia. It's the two heads of bar. We used to play there all the time with the original band. Okay. And we always had a great time, tons of people. So long story short, he was only he was all about having original music only. And he did it for a long time, probably five years, you know. He had a good run of, of just original bands. And uh so long story short, we played there. Uh he was a drummer also and uh but the last night we played there he, he was behind the bar and he had this this black denim jacket on to Saturday Night Live on the back of it. It was like a dressy jacket, really nice, you know? So I said to him, that's a really nice coat, a nice jacket. He's like, oh, cool, you like it? I said, yeah, it's, it's good. looks good on you. Mm-hmm. So we played a gig, and at the end of the night, you know, I invited him up to come do a drum solo with me on the, the big kit, and we did side-by-side, side and we jammed down and whatever. And the night came, we, he made a steak and eggs, we hung out, we, you know, after hours, closed the doors, had told stories, relaxed, chilled out. Go to leave, it's like sunrise next morning, rolling out the back of the place, and he comes out and he says, I want you to have the ja- this jacket. Wow. So I said, no, I can't take your jacket, dude. It's, you know, it, it, it's yours. You know, it's, I just compliment you on it. Right. And he said, dude, I've had this place for five, you know, for 10 years, five years has been all original music. And tonight was the last night that the bar is going to ever be open. It's the only time it's the 
I, the first time and last time I got to, to play music in my own uh, club, which I never did, never got on stage and got up there, he said, and then when I turned off the lights for the last time, he said the street light was shining through the window on the sticks that I, I used because I took them. I forgot to give them back to you. Right. He said, so I'm going to keep the sticks and I'm going to give you this jacket uh, in exchange. Yeah, I do remember the story now. I like it, though. And I said, where'd you get the jacket from? And he said it was the gift from Bruce right. when he went on Saturday Night Live. That's what made me reminisce about that. That's so Maddie so cool. and Bruce were best pals growing up. And you still have this jacket? Oh, yeah. Do you wear it? Not often, no. 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 It's, it's really nice, though. It's like brand new condition. I've only worn it a couple times. Nice. But I probably should start wearing it more. Right. I like. <clears throat> I really respect Bruce for his career and his songwriting and, and, and a lot of he's accomplished. And I really do like some of his music. But I just don't love Bruce Springsteen. I do, and I've tried. I've really, really, really tried. Because he's Jersey, you know. Bruce, Bruce. Uh, but I just, I can't. I, I can't. I don't know why. I feel bad about it. But, but like, on SNL this weekend, I'm like, okay, cool. Bruce, the, the band, Max Weinberg. Um, and, uh, you know, little Steven playing. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, and I watch, and, and they're playing some new songs. And I'm like, ugh. It's just, I don't know. It's just, it didn't sound good to me. It sounded like Bruce was singing out of tune. And the, the, the song was, the, both of them were just kind of lame. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 and I, I know Bruce fans are going to be like, hey, fuck you, man. Like, it's Bruce. But it's either love him or, or kind of, you know, or <laughs> like him or don't like him. Because I can remember playing gigs with Steve when he'd be like, all right, we're going to do this request. You know, we're going out. Do some Bruce, and I remember some girl standing off the left in the front, like her and her four friends, and they all stood up and started booing. <laughs> Are you sure they were booing? They weren't saying Bruce. Yes, so no, they were not saying Bruce. They were going, Boo, we hate Bruce. Bruce sucks. Play something else. Oh, oh, come on. Are you kidding me? It's the last song of the night. What are you talking about? Like they were having no part of it. Yeah, Steve is a huge Bruce fan. I remember, <clears throat> and, and I should have never said this because it's not really true. Um, but I guess, you know, what I played with you guys was, what, 2004, 2005, around there, right? So 15 years ago, I was, you know, how old was I? Yeah. 15 years old. I was still in my 30s, so I still had a little gumption in me, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't have energy <laughs> for gumption. But, now but it was one of the first, one of the first times. It wasn't the first gig, because I had played, when I played with you guys, I went and played a gig. With no, with no like rehearsal, no nothing. But, Correct. You were but then, then, but then I was kind of like in the band for a while, so we we rehearsed. And I think it was the first time we rehearsed together. And and Steve something said something about playing Bruce, and I was like, I hate Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> 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 and that was probably the worst thing to say to him. Because he well, no, because at the beginning when I first joined the band too, he's like, yeah, we do. He's like, you know. So what do you think you want to join the band? And I'm like, I'm like, he has a couple of ground rules. And like his brother had told me, like he didn't want, like he, he, he didn't let him do drum solos or anything when he was in the band. So I'm like, and he didn't like the big drum set. So I'm like, I'm bringing my big giant drum set. I have to play one solo per set, and no Bruce because I hate Bruce. <laughs> I don't say anything. And he was like, what, 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 what nah, huh? you know? And yeah. I tolerate Bruce, but you know, like you said, some people love Bruce, other people can't stand him. 
Yeah, I mean, you can't think anything in life, you know. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, tolerate is kind of a shitty word too. I mean, I, I like. I no, like, I mean, if you're not a fan of them, or you know, some people just don't like those girls. They clearly were not fans. They of, you know, were they not. Like Bruce, they did you know? not like. They they less than tolerated. Right, but I love playing Bruce. <clears throat> like I think the the songs are, are are you know cool. They have good parts and they're, yeah. they're you know well structured and they're they're fun to play. Yeah, I had to learn Born to Run. I, I for. Either it was you guys or for somebody else. I remember learning Born to Run. I was like, oh, this is fun, playing Born to Run. That's a fun was song. It, was it Thunder Road? What was the other one you had to there learn and you, didn't, and you didn't learn it? And we played it at Chambos, remember? And <laughs> Steve went into the ending early and cut out a whole part of the song. And you were so excited that you had gone to your car to listen <laughs> yeah, to it. To learn. Yeah, yeah. You came back, like, dude, you ready? And you're like, no. <laughs> like, I'm just going gonna, gonna to wing it, dude. And Steve was all mad. He was like, we're doing it. You had ample time to learn it. If you don't know it, we're doing it. Yeah. And then he somehow messed up and, went and played like the first verse and then went into the ending. He did? Yes, he On did. On purpose? Or... No, no, no he, <laughs> he forgot where he was in the song. Oh, because I so, didn't know it? Probably. I don't know. I don't know all the I don't know all the specifics of how it happened, but I just remember the song starting, it getting into the like the first or second verse, and then we're supposed to go to the middle part, into the sections that you didn't know. He went into the ending, and I remember you and you were yelling to me. You were going, "Yes, yes!" <laughs> like so excited. I yeah. I mean that's so that's mad. terrible, and I feel ashamed of myself that I came to a gig unprepared like that. And, oh, it was one song, dude. Not you knew the other fifty. Yeah, it was, just, it was new, and he. Really, I knew you didn't want to do it. No, and that's it. That, yeah, it was a thing. Issue. It's like the issue. But, Steve was like, "I don't care. We're doing it." You're like, "I don't want to do it." But I did learn it eventually. I know. I know I did because I remember playing it yes. at that that place up in New York. Um, I forget the name of that place. Played there a bunch of times. It was an. It was a hike. It was at least an hour drive, maybe an hour. And oh a half. no, that was Connecticut. That was the law. Connecticut, yes. Yeah, we yeah that, there. that was a great place. That was a great place, but it was just a hike, man. It was, yeah, it was yeah, like it was, an hour, an hour and a half on a Friday, like rush hour, and, and I had freaking Donna. Oh, yeah, that was a, that was a hike as a whole. That place, that was a ride. Yeah, that was a, that was a trip, and so was Donna. She was a trip, man. That was a. I, I don't even want to get into that here because, you know, it's ancient history, but. It was having a girlfriend, and having a girlfriend always want to be with you and go to your gigs with you. That was yes, it. and uh, that's all I'll say. Everybody else knows what I mean. Um, my the, my favorite memory of that place was playing, uh, playing the U two song, coming back from the break, and playing uh, uh, "Streets Have No Name." Is that the one we played? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because we come back from the break, and you know now we got a little bit of a buzz on, and you know everybody's more loosey goosey, and you know, we had like, a fifty dollar like, drink and food tab, <laughs> and the crowd has a little more buzz, and we come back with that long intro, and it really, it really has a nice build to it. It's a great song, and yeah. uh, it's just a great way to go back into that that second set, and uh, yeah, I don't think I've ever played that song with any other band. And I w really wish I did because that's a, a, a good song to play. Oh yeah, it's a great tune. You uh, two has a lot of them. We used to do that's a good one. And it, it, uh, Pride in the Name of Love is another Pride good. Is great, yeah. Used to do that's a great song. Yeah, I used to do that with Matt Rabbit. Matt Matt will singing the the hell out of that song. Matt used to sing his ass off, man. <clears throat> I don't oh, know if yeah. you ever were you ever 
like around the whole Mad Rabbit thing? You probably weren't. Because that was before, for me, that was really before I played with you guys. So, yeah, you wouldn't have known that. No. Um, yeah, because we, we used to play Fireside all the time, and we play September's, and then we played a bunch of places like down the shore. And, uh, I did not know you and your Mad Hatter friends. Rabbit, Mad Rabbit. I know. <laughs> we were a great band. Great, great players, man. Great musicians, and we did cool songs. I still have some of that recorded. I have some of it on video, too, which I have to still have to transfer. It's sitting here. Still have to transfer. It's the stack of VHS tapes is just sitting mocking me right transfer in front of me. Must begin. Rance is mocking you. It's laughing every day you hear it. What's that sound? That's them <laughs> laughing at you, Steve, every day. It's like, hello, hello. Ah. Hello, we've been, we've been, this is how they talk, too. You're not going to get us. They talk like, hello, we've been sitting here for months now, and you haven't touched us. They, they sound like elves a little bit. What are you doing? <laughs> we're just going to sit here. What do you think we're doing? We're just going to sit here and mock you until you pay attention to us and transfer us to digital. <clears throat> you got to get on that, dude. I know. It just feels like it's something that's going to take a long time. <laughs> so I, that's why I never start it. It's like, ugh. But this, once you this get is going to take like you, 16 hours. It's not quite as hard as you think it is. I, I know that, but I, 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 I'm not the only one that goes through this, I'm sure. But I go through it with, with a lot of things. That's why breaking things down into smaller uh, tasks makes, makes things go better, makes things move. It's more gooder. More gooder. It makes it seem like it's not as big a deal. Like anything, like learning a song. Like, if you listen to a song for the first time and you hear all the parts, you're like, oh, wow, that's a lot of stuff to learn. But then you just learn each part, and then, like, oh, okay, I learned it all. Kind of like learning the, the Springsteen song. Because doesn't that, doesn't that song have, like, six different parts in it? It has a Thunder few, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's, and no, trying to learn a song you're not familiar with is a lot harder. And if you don't really like it, too. And we used to play with Zach, who's now in Kansas, but he played bass in Weisenheimer prior to you joining the band. And, he plays uh, in Kansas? In the band Kansas? Yeah, he plays the guitar in, in the band Kansas. He has been for several years now. Wow, all right. Yeah, Zach Risby. Good dude. Helped mix and produce all the Eye of the Storm albums, uh, the latest one that we did. But... Anyway, when he was in the band, he, same thing. He would like fill in, and and I'd be like Thunder Road, and we'd be into it. And he would look at me, and he'd be like, "Oh yeah, dude, Jazz Odyssey is about to happen." He's like, "I have no idea what the part is." <laughs> jazz Odyssey. Yeah, Jazz Odyssey, and he would just he would just he was a very talented musician, so he would ad lib something that worked, but it was different every time. Oh boy. He's like, I remember to, to 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 do that, like work on that, you know, listen to it. And then when the song came out, he looked at me and be like, fuck, dude, I never learned it. He's like, oh, well, Jazz Odyssey. <laughs> and he, when the part was coming, he'd look at you, you know, like give you the nod with the eyes, like, oh, yeah, here it comes, dude, get ready. It's going to be good. Yeah. That's all. I, that's it. You just blame it on jazz when you're playing wrong notes. Yeah, we just had, we had fun with it. They're passing tones. <laughs> that's right. They're always passing tones. What, what was Ultimate that? Now? It's a passing tone. Actually, that's like from Victor Wooten too. It's like you're always a half step away from a correct note. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's one of his quotes. So yeah. So anything that you play that's not a correct note is just a passing tone to the correct note. Eventually, sometimes in jazz it takes a while to get there. 
I like Victor Wooten, man. He's super musical. Yeah. Yeah, ridiculous. <clears throat> I remember uh, I went to see this band in uh, New York. I was on, on uh, tour with Jared, and we had a night off, and we were in Manhattan. And or, or I think we played. Yeah, we played early, and then we were in uh, the village. So I think we played, like, Arlene's Grocery, which I heard is closing, by the way. Which is kind of really? Sad. Is really sad. You know Orleans Grocery? Yeah, I think I played there once. Yeah, I played there a few times. It's you know just a little New York club, but in Greenwich Village and, and a, a cool spot just in a, in a cool area. And uh, we played there, and then we went to the Bitter End, and there was kind of like an open mic sort of thing going on. But I knew the drummer. I knew the house drummer. Um, <clears throat> this guy... Uh, <sighs> I can't remember his name right now. Um, but I had played with him before. Uh, real good, real, real good player. And they were playing, the, the house band was just kind of playing like all this jazz stuff. And uh, I mean, just like a ton of obscure chord changes and note selection. And it was, it was, it was weird. You know, it was like the, the drums were really cool, but just the, it's almost like they were playing like they're, they're too good to play a right note. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, we're just going to... And and we walked outside for a while. That was this whole group of people with Jared and, and, and everybody else that was with us. And we're standing outside. And, uh, and I turned to Steve Dunn, my guitar player, and I said, I think that guy should return that guitar. And Steve said, why? And I said, it doesn't have any of the right notes. <laughs> <laughs> it just didn't... He wasn't playing any of the right notes. He was playing all wrong notes, like on purpose. <clears throat> so, and I don't know his name. I don't know the name of the band. Uh, so I'm not throwing anybody under the bus, but or jazz under the bus because some of the jazz is brilliant. You know, people didn't know what they're doing. They know how to put passing tones in the right place. Well, it was like today. I heard them on the radio. There was an introduction to the the Who. They were they were bringing in. Uh, live version of my generation and so the guy's interviewing them and he's like hey, what's your name and he's like my name's pete he's like where are you right. from pete london he's like what's your name he's like you know and they go through them all and they get, and he gets to the end with, with with keith moon and he says to him he says and you he's the sloppy drummer what's your name and he says oh my friends call me keith but you can call me john you can call me john that is the Smothers Brothers show that is from uh, yeah. the, the Kids Are Alright movie. It's from the beginning, near the beginning of that movie, which I haven't seen in a long time, but I just saw that it's on uh, one of the streaming services. I have them all, man, which is uh, it's a nightmare to have all these uh, different streaming services because there's so many things to choose from. But, yeah. Yeah, And, and Roger, Roger, uh, Dick Smothers said, Roger from Oz. That's right, Roger. He said, Roger from Oz. Roger from Oz. And yeah, the guy who plays the sloppy because because was from London too. Yes, the guy who plays the sloppy drums. Yeah, My friends the... call me Keith, but you can call me John. Call me Keith. You can call me John. All right, Keith, John. <laughs> That's a great man. That that movie for me was one of the first kind of like rock and roll documentaries that I saw that I really, really got into. And this is before I was playing bass. I, I saw that. Because I was into the, like, the first rock bands I was into, dude, were The Who and Zeppelin. Those two. You know, like, I went through the whole catalog of both of those bands. And, right. And, uh, Good start kit right there. Yeah. Me and my brother, too. And, and, and uh, a couple of friends 
we were like re- really into that. And back then, it was there was no wasn't really uh, much of cable. Like it wasn't on. I don't think it was. On, I don't even remember where I saw it. It must have been on cable somewhere. But I remember watching it on VHS too. When like VHS was kind of new. <laughs> That's how old we are, guys. Um, VHS was new, and I remember watching that and watching it over and over again. That movie. I loved it, man. It just, it blew me away. The who, you know, how the, the bombastic nature of the who, the, you know, oh, the, yeah. the, uh, wrecking the drum kit and, and wrecking the amps and smashing the guitars and twirling the microphones and, and the windmill, uh, Pete, Pete Townsend, the windmill on his right arm with the playing. And, <laughs> Got that from bowling, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That's bowling. Um, and that movie, yeah, that's that, that's a, a part. Of, that, that's like near the beginning. That Smothers, uh, Dick Smothers, or Smothers Brothers show. Um, and that yeah. was the er, early days of that. And, and then, then last week you told me to check out First Two Eleven, and th- that yes. was a killer video. Right? They, they are very Foo Foo Fighter esque and very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just they put out a, another one. So, they put out two more Christmas songs since then, and another cover. They're doing like two a week right now, like with the Christmas, because they're doing Christmas songs on Tuesday and then a new cover on Thursdays. So they're working their asses off, man, and good for them. Yeah, um, they're putting in a lot of content. Yeah, but that was cool. That's a cool version, right? Very. That's the impression I got too. The Foo Fighters feel for that song. Yeah, yeah. And and, and even the cool, they have a cool break that they throw in there. You know, their own thing to, to, for like a segue. Yeah. Because. Halftime, it's very cool. Yeah, yeah, I love the going halftime in the verse, then going back. It really gives it such a cool groove. It makes it so happy. And he was, uh, he went into a little more depth when I did an interview with him last week, talking about um, the influences that he had in in the the way he arranged that song. And he took some stuff from Filter, the band Filter, and uh, yeah, and one thing from a Gary Hoey thing, and and. Uh, yeah. And he said, I used a little trick where, you know, the music stops and the, the chorus comes in with just vocals and then the music comes back in. It's a little kind of trick that people use. And it, yeah. he went into more, uh, even more depth about it. Um, th- that's interesting, that band, because they're turning out so much stuff. And everybody in the band, the musicians anyway, can play all the instruments. Each one of them can play drums and can play guitar and can play bass. Oh, and, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So what they do is that they each week one person picks the song and they play all the parts and record it. And then they give it to, well, they give it to uh, the singer, the girl, uh, Audra, I think her name is. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's pretty cool. So that way they, you can have two people working on a song at a time. So, or three people at a time working on a new song. So it's kind of, a, they do like a rotation with it. So that's, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really helps that this guy has this studio. You know, he has a, a place to rehearse, a place to record. And he's, you know, he's uh, built up relationships with other people in, this, in the industry over the last four years where he has a good, uh, a reliable person to send it to mix and master. And uh, they have a good relationship. So anytime they record it, they, send it, I, they seem like they're in a groove with. Uh, but pro- that's what I mean. But they're not. Th- yeah, they're not doing their own editing and, you know. Right. Well, they're shooting the video. Um, yeah, but, and then they're sending all the files to somebody and then the dude's editing it for them and putting the sound and aligning everything and mixing it. 
Yeah, well, no, the, the just the audio. Like, they do the studio work, send that away to get it mixed and mastered, and then they do the video, they film it, and then they, they cut it, edit. The, the, I think he said the guitar player does does that because he's willing to film and video. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so, But they have a, you know, they got a kind of a streamline now, their, their method, which is... Great way to go, you know, and it goes back to things you talk about all the time, getting in a habit of something. Once it becomes routine, yeah, uh, then you're much more productive with it. So you, you want to learn good things to be habitual about that will be productive for you, which is no harder than uh, counterproductive things, by the way. It might take a little more effort to do good things. Do you think? Well, it depends on your motivation, I guess, right? Yeah. Just bad habits seem to be easier to assimilate to, you know? Like, oh, you shouldn't go out drinking or you shouldn't be doing that. You know, it's like, yeah, it's fun. Says who? <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't be out gallivanting in the band all the time. Says who? Says who? Hey, do what I want. Life is short. That's right. But it, it is important to have healthy habits, you know? Well, yeah, well, I'm just talking about routine things that are, are productive yeah. in your life. It's no harder It's no harder energetically, I think, to do that than it is to not do that or, or, to, or, or to do things that are counterproductive energetically. Like be, you know, just you're, you're having a negative attitude towards things and towards life and towards people and towards things. Did I say things? Yeah. You may have. Something. <laughs> Um, I just see I see people expending a lot of energy towards the wrong things, you know, like, I, and, I, you know, everybody knows what's going on in the world, so I don't have to really say, but, you know, expending energy towards that when you can just take the same amount of energy and put it towards something that's more productive for you, that's going to help you enhance your experience, your life experience. And it's hard for me sometimes to not... to. I never really get engaged, but it's it's still I have to kind of bite my tongue. Like I want to, uh, uh, sometimes only the people I care about, though. People I don't care about is like, eh, whatever. Yeah, you know, like say stuff like I hate Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I felt so bad about that. Yeah, I would feel too bad about it. I'll send him a card. I should send him a card. Say sorry about that, Bruce. Comment. You should do that. Yeah, for Christmas. Or is he Jewish? From two thousand. Yeah. <laughs> Jewish, Jewish Steve. No, Wait, I don't believe he's Jewish. I'm hearing noise. You hear that? Yeah. It's like people outside being loud. Hey, keep it down. Hey, settle down. We're doing a podcast here, right? Come on. <laughs> We're live on the air. Keep it down. It's like barking dogs. You got all these loud people I roaming got... around outside. They're very festive, though. That's good. Yeah, I like that. I got lights out here in the courtyard. It's like a, this little kind of courtyard that I, my front door faces, and I'm the only one that has any lights up. Very disappointing. These people need to That's celebrate. all right, Steve. No one can take away your Christmas cheer. That's right. That's what I'm saying. One else is not in the spirit, so you know it's their problem. That's what I'm saying. So uh, I hear you guys are getting a, a white pre-Christmas. 
Yeah, we're supposed to be getting uh, some pretty heavy snow tomorrow afternoon into Thursday afternoon. Like, like a, a, a foot? A four hour deluge of like, uh, I think they said between 10 to 20, depending where you live. I am so jealous, man. If I could, I would just fly up there tonight just to be there first now. <laughs> here you lies here for the 16 inches of snow that's coming? Yeah, just so I can be there for the snow. Yeah, no, it's 5 to 10 in some places. Like, it depends on the track, you know? But the heavy bands that they're showing is like this is like spots in Pennsylvania can get upwards of 2 feet, 30 inches. That's great. That's great. It's yeah. Christmas. You want snow yeah. on the ground. Exactly. It's mega snow coming. Mega snow coming. I always felt like when I lived in Jersey, like it had to snow in December. If it didn't snow in December, it was very disappointing. Because it's Christmas. You need snow. That's yeah. what they taught you on the TV and in the books. It'll definitely be a white Christmas, that's for sure. And in the songs. Yeah, Bing said, oh, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. So I was always dreaming of a white Christmas. Dreams have come true, my friend. I'll send you some yeah. pictures. I'm sure I'll see some, but yeah, sure, send me some. But yeah, so we'll see. You know, they never can really predict accurately how much is really coming, but it's going to be significant from what they're saying. They've been talking about it for days. It's the big one. Yeah. It's the big one where you need uh, Rudolph. And they said you may expect power outages for up to 24 to 36 hours. That's cool. I mean, it's not really. No, I have my generator, so I'm okay. It's kind of cool. Yeah, you got your generator. I used to love it, man. I used to love being snowed in. Some of my best memories are being snowed in. In life. Of, you yeah. Because now... Let's, let's know. You know, I remember having to walk places in the snow. You know, like if you want beer, now you got to walk to the liquor store. <laughs> because there's so, too much snow. Yeah, too much snow to drive, but you can still walk. And go and pick up your uh, your couple six packs or whatever. I remember doing that, walking in the snow, and then seeing lots of other people. And that's when I felt like, hey, you know, it's like Christmassy. You're waving to strangers. You're talking to people. You're you're uh, spreading cheer. Telling telling everyone to be of good cheer. Just yes, setting an example of being good cheer, Steve. Right, and drinking with people, you know, you're walking down because no, the rules are different now when there's all this snow on the ground. You you can walk, you can walk around drinking a beer, and nobody's going to give you any crap about that. So, what kinds of avenues open up all of a sudden? <laughs> there's snow on the ground like that. Or we used to like now you drive your quad on the street. You know, you can drive. You know, you can ski jog and have your friends pull you around. You can go into parking lots and go do donuts. Right. And it's so bright out when the sun is bright. back out Stunt because of the, it's white. You know, the sun reflects off the white. It's very bright outside and not not like dark winter. Like when it when it when it's over, when it's on the ground for a while and then it turns to ice and slush and it's all black and dirty. Then it's dark. That's January, February weather. Oh yeah. See, my wish is to have to be up in Jersey for December. Yeah, just December. And be back, and then be back by January. And then come back here in January. Yeah. Because right now, like right now, it's cold-ish here, but it's like in the fifties, maybe the forties, maybe the upper forties. It's a little cold. I almost felt like I, I needed to wear a jacket yesterday. 
and not go out in shorts. But I did go out in shorts anyway. Like, I'm from Jersey. I can handle it. It's a little cold. Not that bad. It's a little cold. It's mm-hmm. cold now. It's definitely getting temperatures dropping. Yeah. So well. So how does that affect your life? Does it? Do you, Do you have to like? Not well, no. Like, the snow is affecting my life and 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 the weather. And as much as like Saturday, we're supposed to have a crane and be changing out these rooftop units for the this building that has no heat, like an emergency type thing. And uh, it's like real tight access in a parking lot. I had to like get meter, you know permits to block off the meters so we can get in, you know, the access in for the equipment. And, you know, the guy's like, yeah, dude, he's like, we're going. I don't care if it's three feet of snow. Like, we're going to have to figure it out. Like, the guy's booked up, you know, solid with the, the crane, so we have to get in there. So we have to go and assess that between Thursday and Friday and then make provisions because 6 a.m. Saturday morning, they're going to be there. Wow. Okay. You know? But so that's Saturday. As much it's Saturday, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, but it's 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 on a roof of a building in a tight parking lot, and if we get you know 20 inches of snow, that's going to pose a, a problem. Right. You have to shovel off the roof. You know what I mean? Like make you know, this is going to be it's going to be challenging. Maybe so. it'll all melt by Saturday. No, definitely not, dude. It's going to be cold. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. It's not going away. So whatever comes, we'll, we'll be here to stay. All right. That's cool. Yeah. So it's exciting. Everyone's all gung-ho for it. Like, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll make it happen. Right. We'll have a good winter cha- challenge on the roof. Oh, yeah. Um, just don't fall off. That's all. Or slide off like Cherry did in Christmas Vacation. Yeah, no, it's a big flat roof like office building. Oh, okay. So there you go. So it's, but it's, it's just it's going to be very uh, challenging logistics. Do you do uh, residences ever, or you're, you're always just like big business? No, we're strictly commercial. Commercial, yeah. Because I'm thinking, if and when I move up to Jersey, which I think I want to, still, um, I'm going to need a contractor to design my house the way I want it. There you go. Well, I certainly know plenty of architects. I mean, but we can definitely help you with that. There you go. You'll be my first call then. I'll give you my number. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Call me immediately. Excellent. Got a pen? Here we go. Yeah, I'll get it later. 800. Um, 800. So what else is going on? Um, I'm just looking at my notes, and I don't have any. Um, what else is going on? <laughs> um, I, I do have this thing that... I kind of, I, I know, I foresaw this. I don't know if I talked about it on this show, but I did definitely talked about it with people when, and I probably did here, when this pandemic first hit and, um, uh, you know, people started live streaming. And I said that it's going to, it's just a matter of time before artists start doing live streaming and selling tickets. And I got a little backlash from, one or two people about that. But it's happening now. I keep getting these emails from uh, bands in town that all these bands, these known bands, are doing live streams and selling tickets. Pearl Jam is one. Uh, what did I just see today? Jimmy Eat World. Uh, I've seen a bunch of them. And... I, 
I, I think it's good because I think it kind of sets a precedence now for for people to expect if they want a good quality live stream, something they're going to want to watch, that they're going to have to pay for it. And that's the only way musicians are going to make money right now. Maybe with merch too, but especially in the gnome bands that were making money from touring and not from sales and not really much from streams. Um, that's it. So... I like it, and I and I I've been leaning towards this for a long time, doing it and doing something like this, and we've talked about it. And the thing that I, I'm trying to get off the ground has hit a little bit of a snag, uh, but um, you know I'm still going to move forward with it. But I, I really want to encourage musicians to really embrace this idea and think about it. Think about how you can do this too, because people are going to be accepting of it. I think, especially now, cold winter months, you know. Well, think of it from like a, a known artist perspective, right? Like Pearl Jam, right? Let's say they went on world tour and they would sell, you know, hundreds of thousands of tickets, right? Right. Over the course of a year, visiting all these different places and all these different countries. You know, now if they have a professional platform to present and, and sell tickets for it, like you said, they could sell 40, 50 million tickets because it's worldwide. You don't have to wait, you know. You know what I mean? The 100,000 people that are going to see them in Brazil don't have to wait. They'll just go buy tickets now and see the live stream. Right. And people have, you know, big computer screens now, big TV screens that can really give you the experience, big uh, sound systems or headphones or whatever, where you can really get immersed in the experience. And hell yeah, it's worth 10 bucks. I mean, the one one of the ones I saw, they were selling tickets for, it was a... Uh, uh, Warren Haynes from uh, Allman Brothers Band and, and, and uh, Government Meal. Um, yeah. And him, and it was like Bob Weir and some other people, and they were doing this show, and they were selling, doing a live stream, selling tickets for $20, and then they had different packages, like a VIP package and an early access package and all this stuff that went up to like 200 bucks. So, And some people that have money will do that. So if you have a good product, you have something to offer, and everybody pretty much does, then you can capitalize on this idea and just it's just about presentation it's just and and building hype and and having some sort of focus with it like this is what I'm I'm presenting to you you know who I am and and people understand the fact that musicians are in, in deep shit right now not working need money um, yeah so people that do have money and do have 10 bucks to spare are willing to to throw it your way so um I'm happy about. I'm happy that I'm seeing the the known artists really do this now, and I, you know, again, I predicted this. We could probably go back to a wisdom hour from friggin' April where I said this. I should have notes. No, I recall very clearly when we had the conversation about it on the air. Yeah, I, I let me see. Yeah, it was right in the beginning. It was probably April saying like, you know, there's got to be something. He's got, you know. We, it's going to be the next thing that people got to start figuring out how to do. Yeah, and I mean, I definitely talked about live streaming, but I mean, talking about the live streaming with selling tickets. Um, and let me see, I'm, I'm getting it from bands in town, but but I like Melissa Etheridge has been doing it um, for a while now, um, just like on Facebook. Uh, You've got mail. Basically, comes down to the production of it. You know, the amount of of production that you have to put into it. Well, what's, yeah, I mean, but the, it doesn't have to be that big a deal. Like, if you're a solo artist, you can, your production can just be you 
in a, a home setting. Oh yeah, but I mean, if it was guitar. a band, like you know, if you're gonna do it with a whole band or yeah, it's a whole different know. thing with a full band. You you need you need more stuff. You need things. You need to, to mix, you know, because the audio would have to be good. Right. People aren't gonna want to watch it if it doesn't sound good. So let me see. I'm looking at the Jimmy world now. Performing each album in full on at a, on a whole new level is is what they say here and. So there's three different performances, and they have... This is really actually very smart. So they have chapter... This is weird how they chaptered these, but it says chapter X or chapter 10, I guess, surviving January 15th, chapter V or 5, I guess, futures January 29th, and then chapter 3, clarity February 12th. So those are the three albums. And... Uh, they give the times here, and now they have tickets to all three performances, and they have they have different bundles. Uh, so tickets to all three shows, let's say, thirty nine ninety nine, so forty bucks. So three shows, so about thirteen bucks a show. Um, then they have tickets to all three shows and official Phoenix session poster, so merch basically. Add another twenty bucks to that. Jeez, fifty nine ninety nine. So it's a twenty dollar poster, I guess. Tickets to all three shows, and then official Phoenix Sessions T shirt, sixty four ninety nine. So the tickets <laughs> and the shirt, and tickets to all these shows, and a mask for each show. I don't know why you'd need a mask. Oh wait, are these virtual shows? They have to be virtual shows. All right, this is confusing me now. Maybe it's like a Halloween mask. You get to dress up and listen to Jimmy Eat World. Uh, I guess it's just kind of a commemorative mask for all three shows, yeah. And then the mega bundle here. Uh, tickets to all three shows, T-shirt, autograph, lithograph, poster, and all three masks, and a virtual meet and greet. So you can talk to them in Zoom. And that's $149.99, so 150 bucks for that. So the point is that they're getting creative with things that they can do online to, to make right. some money. Um, so this is really just a combination of doing a show and selling some merch and then doing, giving uh, you know, uh, uh, personal access. But they're smart doing it now, too, because if you know someone who's a huge fan of, of, of Jimmy World, you know, they, they, you might get them that for Christmas. So that someone might spend 150 sure. bucks on that, yeah, and say, "Dude, you're gonna get to meet them and talk to them on a Zoom call. Like, how cool is that?" Yeah. So this is just one of the artists that are doing this, and I, I wish this link didn't take me to there because uh, I think if you go to bands in town, you can find other uh, shows like that. I'm gonna check because I really want to know this. Bands in town. Dot com. Bands in Town is uh, is pretty cool because it's uh, when there were actually concerts, it would give you, you know, uh, text messages or push notifications of bands that would be playing in your area if you're a person that likes to go to concerts. But uh, yeah, there's a whole calendar here of live stream concerts, and I don't know if they're all ticketed. So let's see, because this is something I want. Uh, start. 
so this doesn't say buy tickets, so this one might be free. So some of them, I, I guess some of the bands are doing these for free, too, and which isn't a bad thing because if, you know, it will still, if you're making money streaming or you're making money selling some other stuff, then just to have the visibility is good. Well, yeah, because at least you're, you know, you're playing, too, for these guys, for their sake, you know, as well. Right, that too. You know, they, they get a chance to, to play and perform and, and do what they love to do. Let's see, live stream events. There's a whole thing. If you go to bandsintown.com, there's a whole calendar here of, of uh, you know, this isn't bad to be a part of, too. If you're a cover band and you're doing live stream events, you should be a part of this website bandsintown.com make sure you sign up as an artist on here so that you get put on this calendar which will increase your SEO search engine optimization and put you in front of more eyes so if you're doing live streaming stuff they have a whole calendar here of you know I'm looking at this and this I don't I, I don't know any of these people actually I know a couple but but there's a ton of them here so is that local just to your area no 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 it's a, a nation nationwide or worldwide I would uh, let me see. Let's see if there's anything in another part of the world. It's hard to tell, um, but I would say it's probably worldwide. Like yeah. who's playing in India right now? Anybody you know? I don't know if I can search by country. I don't see a place to search by country. So, so probably not a lot of people in India anyway. Can you search by state? I don't see a thing you can search by location. You can search by artists. And that's it. That's all you got. Search by artists. Listen, like you said, I predict in the next year you're going to see, like, way more of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because technology is advancing and because of the stupid coronavirus. Yeah, but I'm saying it will be another avenue of which you'll be able to see bands. In addition to when they start touring again, you know, right, and and some people would probably just stick to, um, stick to doing this because it's more economical, you know, than than getting on a bus and tr driving to from city to city. You know, you set it up in one place and you're reaching the world. Yeah, that's what I mean. I wish this had a thing. It it has a calendar and it has a list, but it doesn't have a thing where. I could see where uh, it's only ones with tickets where you have to buy tickets. Oh, wait. Date of tickets on sale. Okay, let's try this. I just want to see where people are trying. All right, so Pentatonix. That's an acapella band, very popular yep. with the Christmas music. They were the winners of season three of The Sing-Off, which was hosted by Nick Lachey. <laughs> And was on in the uh, the early two thousand teens, I believe. Yes, and I believe that they opened for a band I play with at Flemington Horse Raceway for a Fourth of July celebration. Mm. Okay. And I have it on video somewhere, believe it or not. And they did a whole bunch of tunes like "Don't Stop Believing." They did like you know. Uh, at least 10 different tunes. And they were, yeah. they were killer. Oh, yeah. They're really good. Pentatonics are killer. 
I love the girl. I forget her name. Uh, all right. So I don't. I don't know. So I know some of these are definitely selling tickets and ticket packages, like the Jimmy Eat World thing. But I, I can't really find a list here on this website. But um, I've been getting the emails, like the Pearl Jam one and the the, the uh, Warren Haynes one, and there were a couple others. Let's see if I can find them. But the point so, is, but, anyway. For example, Steve, if you had, to, if you want to live stream, if I want to live stream tomorrow, some drum stuff, what would I need to do that? I would need a camera, right? Well, and you would need an audio inter- interface of some sort, correct? Yes. And then you would do the same thing. You would record the video and the audio simultaneously, but it's a live stream. So how is it synced up and how is it all put out to the world? Like if you're doing it on a budget. That's something we should talk about. How, how to coach people to do it themselves. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I, I would need to kind of write it out because a lot of it depends on a lot of different criteria. You know, what, what uh, uh, how many cameras you want to use. Um, is it going to be still cameras or are you going to have somebody holding and shooting? Um, or you could have several fixed cameras with a switcher of some sort. Yeah, you can, ha- you can have that. You can get... Um, Get what it's called. I've written down here. Uh, it's kind of like an interface that hooks, puts everything together, like the audio and the video, puts it in this one box, and you can kind of press buttons and, and make it all go to one place. Um, so you need something like that. It's, it's not not very expensive, hundred bucks, hundred and fifty bucks, something like that. Um, I forget what they're called. I really should know that too, off the top, or, or I should know that by heart. And it's it's written on my bulletin board, and it's just far enough away right now that I can't read it. <laughs> it's like so. You need a magic converter. I box. can get up. Wait, I'm gonna get up and look because I think think this is important. So you need a magic converter box hooked up with some kind of wires. Not exactly sure right. what type, but right. the, the converter box. If you have it, will, you'll be it's, able to determine what you need. It's called a Stream Deck. Google Stream Deck. And get one of those. That's what you a need. Google Stream Deck. Stream Deck. Yeah, there's. That's what you need is a Stream Deck, to to put all that stuff together, and then, uh, yeah, just get a good mix. Uh, test it first. Test, test, test. Tweak as necessary, and uh, once you're satisfied with how things look and how things sound, that's it. Go live. But if you're talking about like making an event and selling tickets. You really have to get all that stuff together first and know what you're doing. So it it doesn't hurt to do it for free a a few times. Yeah, once it so to get get the hang of it. Forty nine bucks, dude. Check this out. It's terrible. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So I'm seeing more. Zach Brown Band is doing one. Looking through my old mail here, and the Warren Haynes one I saw. Okay. So, so you know, well known names are doing this. So I, I I would really jump on that. And I know you're, you've got something planned you're going to do for uh, your drums. I'm looking forward to that. But uh, you will probably need that. The, the Indeed. Stream, the, the stream deck, you'll probably need that for what you want to do. Um, yes, I'm assembling my lists as well and, and drawing up my diagrams as we speak. Very good. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's not going away. It's just not. No matter, Like you said, no matter what, even if bands are back playing live and touring and stuff, uh, this is still going to be a thing because it's working. 
for people. So they're going to keep doing things that work. And, you know, it really probably will still be quite a while before, like, concert concerts, like we're used to, like, people up on top of each other. Concerts. Oh, yeah, at least a year. Yeah. So, and and in the meantime, you know, people are going to do stuff. People are going to get creative. People are going to utilize the technology that's available, and technology will still increase or or, uh, evolve during that time. So... It's just going to get more. People are going to do this more. And I've said it a hundred times now. If you don't embrace this technology and stuff, you're going to be left in the dust. If you're a musician and you want to keep playing, then you need to, to learn this stuff and do something. Do something. Don't be afraid of it anyway. It ain't going to bite you. No, and like you said, it's a way to stay relevant and keep you know keep the wheel going. Keep the wheels turning, baby. Um, so I'm excited about that and uh, about the, the artists doing it. And maybe I'll sign up for one and, and check it out. Pearl Jam. I would definitely like to see that one. I got to see what date that is. Um, but I think it was like 20 bucks too. For but that. I mean, just see how they're, how they're doing it. Like, are they doing the same? Are they doing it like, you know, on a stage someplace in a big, you know, like uh you know, a, a music venue, or are they doing it remotely? Like, you know, right? Or you know, like in a studio, or what? Yeah, what are right. they doing? Are they trying right. to really give you that concert experience with the big lights and the big stage and the big amps and whatever? Or, yeah, but I think you can get really more creative with this. You know, there, there's a lot of options that, like, I remember the, the first uh, one of the first people I saw doing a live stream, like known artist. When when this whole COVID thing happened was uh, Keith Urban and he was doing it from his house, and he was just he just plugged in a guitar and a microphone and that was it and he was in his backyard and Nicole Kidman's there and she's hanging out and she's dancing, right and and you know he was just doing his his songs and maybe a couple covers, but it was cool it was like because Keith Urban's great you know I'm a, I'm a fan of his and and he's a you know he's a great guitar player great singer great songwriter and. Uh, had a lot of great positive energy in that and that now so if he were to do things like that now he'd be fine charging for that even just from his backyard but but you know that there's a lot of opportunity to do get even more creative and you know from the studio as long as uh you're practicing social distancing setting a good example that's uh, i think important yeah or they all got tested the day of you know before they went Right. So, uh, yeah. It'd be interesting to see, though. If they, are they doing it in the studio? You know, like you said, like a live at Daryl's house type of thing? Or are they doing it, like you said, like a full-blown, like on stage with, you know, six-camera shoot and pro audio and, you know. I would imagine they'll have multi-cameras at least, yeah. A band like Pearl Jam, you know, you would think. I would think so because they're so visceral live, you know what I mean? They're That's a big part of, you know, their whole vibe you know yeah totally yeah so i'm gonna check that out and i I didn't even talk about our hours up but i played this weekend i played on friday it's pretty cool it's first time playing it was on decatur uh first time playing at this club and it was smallish um but uh yeah we had people that can't we had nobody there at first and then people were kind of walking by and came in and we had maybe 20 people at the most in the room 
but it was fun. It was fun to play. And some people wore masks. So, um, huh. so that was a good thing. So that's it. That was it for me and you and and, and no shutdown. You played the full gig. Yeah, played full gig. Just six to ten. Yeah, all night. Cool. Um, so that's fun. Uh, but no plans to play again for the rest of the year. So it could change. But who knows? We will. Uh, we'll give you all the new news and the new wisdom next week, Tuesday. As tune in for new wisdom. The last <laughs> last Tuesday before Christmas. www.coverbandcentral.com. Go there, sign up for a free profile. It is free for you, your band, or both. You can sign up. Even if you're just in the industry, photographer, sound man, club owner, manager, promoter, whatever, go there, sign up. Even just a music fan, too. You can go and sign up because that's going to be the thing. Facebook's going to peter out eventually, and people are going to want an alternative, and we already got it. So do that. And be good to yourself and each other. You. Peace. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.